what pockets up a beer or a cold libation? I can tell you how I wrote this little theme. I went and took a call from brother Jason, and he tells me that he has a little dream. He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast, and I ask him what you got. He said I'll start off with some talking and some moody clips of popcorn fighting, fantasy explorations, and some groundless exploitation. Kickstarts that I'm watching, and some blind unboxings, full month horror movie marathon. Sometimes I'll let the thoughts come on, contest and of course you know it's all about games. I said, slow down, let's just start with the name. It's the Nerds RPG Variety. With the other Jason. Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host, Jason. Today, I'm going to talk about lessons you can learn from bad movies. And I'm going to talk about the movies that I've watched most recently for Scary Movie Month. I've been doing this throughout the month, so go to previous episodes for other movies I've watched this month. And a lot of these this time are bad, so they're very appropriate for this episode. I am not going to give spoilers unless I say I'm going to give spoilers. Um, for the most part, I'm not going to give any spoilers. I'll do a spoiler section at the very end of the podcast for a couple of these movies and a couple of these ideas. But most of these I can present the lessons you can take to your games without really spoiling the movies at all. Before I get into that, I am going to talk about two things. The first is our contest is almost over. So our contest this month is sponsored by the Geomologist Presents podcast. They have put up some physical copies of some traveler modules that they're willing to send anywhere in the world to the winner. And I'll, as always, get with the winner to donate money to a charity. And the Geomologist Presents, being represented by Carl Rodriguez, has asked for you to Give him your favorite sci-fi horror property. It could be a movie, a book, a role-playing game, whatever. So just reach out to me. All the ways to reach me are in the show notes. And let me know what your entry for the contest is, what's your favorite sci-fi horror property, and why. And the cutoff is 28 October. So you have to get it in by 28 October. The deadline is almost here. This will be the last show I put out before that deadline, so get those entries in. Let me know what your favorite sci-fi horror property is, and we'll, on the award show on 31 October, read all the names, pick one randomly, and they will be the winner. Actual, you know, play all the entries, read all the names, all that kind of thing. So, that's the contest. The other thing I want to mention is this Friday, the 28th of October, actually, is going to be a special episode of Cerebrivore. And on that episode, we're going to have some luminaries in the role-playing game industry come on to talk about playing serious horror games. So if you're interested in the idea of playing a serious horror game and you want to hear from people who have been doing this for a long time and a lot of good GM advice, I recommend you tune in for this. These are all authors and in the RPG community that are that have been nice enough or you know people that work in the industry that are nice enough to come on and, and talk to us about that subject. So and there's a link to Cerebrivore in the show notes as well. So without further ado, let's talk about these movies that I've been watching and the lessons you can take from them.
Okay, I will have another section talking about some of these movies after the ending theme song. TJ Drennan does my music, as you know. And I do want to talk a little bit spoilery, talk about a couple of these movies, but I'll put that after the ending music. So if you're worried about being spoiled, most of these movies, knowledge does not keep you from enjoying them because they're not good movies. So it's not plot twists that get you. It's looking at the special effects, looking at the creature effects, looking at the the kills or, or looking at how horrible the acting is, right? So you're not really being ruined, but I will put spoiler stuff after the ending credits. But And some of these I'm probably not going to talk about because they don't necessarily merit discussion. But there is a list of all the movies that I've watched since episode 415 in the show notes. So you can go down there and see what I've been watching. Like I say, if you go back throughout the month, you'll see all the movies that I've watched. So the first one is I Drink Your Blood from 1971. And I Drink Your Blood is an interesting movie. So this is shortly after the Manson family trial for the Sharon Tate murder. And it's so that you, you have a cult like hippie cult like group that are your main bad guys. And obviously they're based and they want you to think of the Manson family here. They're really trying. The filmmakers really wanted you to to draw on that and the and the you know, recent memory of that when the film came out. It's a standard multi-ethnic Hollywood gang. <laughs> the multi-ethnic gangs always kind of crack me up a little bit. Not that they're totally unrealistic in some areas, but like when you see, see them in you know, like the Death Wish movies and stuff, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But in this case, the, the leader of the gang is actually um, in ethnicity is Indian, as in like the Indian subcontinent. And he does a really good job. I, I think he's a, a, a pretty good actor considering, I mean, he's in, in this horrible B movie, right? But that said, he he's probably maybe the best actor in the movie, I think. And he is, I would have liked to seen this actor in other things and, and maybe they are in other things. I'd have to track that down. But for the most part, the acting in this is horrible. And, and I'll talk a little bit more about this after the break because there, there's something that happens that, that I do want to mention, but I don't want to spoil it if you're worried about spoilers. Um, that, that said, it's not that big of a spoiler because I think everything that does, if you read anything about this movie, it'll spoil it. But it, I Drink Your Blood is a, is a good example of a, of a cult coming into town and pushing people around. And what do you do about it when there's no real law enforcement or no, no authority to stand up against them? And that's kind of what we're getting in this movie. So it's kind of interesting. And the way the town reacts is probably not what you think. Um, the next one is a movie, Re Revolt of the Zombies from 1936. This is not a very good movie. It's got all the tropes of the time period in here. These are more voodoo zombies than they are. You know, obviously George Romero hadn't made his movie yet. Um, but... But instead of coming from the Caribbean, the, the origin of this zombies come from Cambodia. And this is actually set. It's interesting because it's, you, you know, the French military are over there, as we know, as they were over in Indochina. And they're encountering these zombies and, and they and they know, well, it's during the war. We can't really send a military expedition in to 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 get this formula for the zombies to, you know, keep it safe, but we'll set up a fake civilian expedition to go get it. And so there, there are some interesting ideas in here and some definitely gameable ideas in here. There's also some 
really colonialism ideas in here. So it, it is what it is. But it's interesting. It's only like an hour, I think. Um, but Revolt of the Zombies, 1936. Garden of the Dead is the next one. And this one is kind of cool. There's 1972, really, really low-budget movie. Garden of the Dead, of course, came comes out after George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. So George Romero's movie comes out, and, you know, the expectation... Nowadays, we think, well, that started the whole idea of zombies and brains and eating, you know, them eating people and all that. So all the zombie movies that come after that pretty much are that. This isn't. This one gives you a different kind of zombie to deal with. Uh, without, it, it's not spoiling anything. This is a, a bad movie. The acting's bad in this. Uh, the effects are bad in this. I, I do recommend watching it because there's some interesting things in it. But um, in Garden of the Dead... We have formaldehyde zombies, <laughs> and um, the and and they're fast movers. You know, they're they're actually surprising agile, and they're and they're semi intelligent. They're much more like the creatures in Last Man on Earth, the the adaptation of the Richard Mathis story, I Am Legend, that has Vincent Price in it. They're much closer to the creatures in that movie. Um, and, and it's an interesting movie to see how they handle the zombies and it would be a, a different twist on zombies you could use in your games, the weaknesses they have in this movie and in the way that they interact with the, with the humans. Um, so, so I would recommend it for that reason. And I'd recommend it cause it's a, it falls in the so bad it's good category. Another movie I watched by the same director is the end of the world, 1977. This has Christopher Lee in it. So of course, if you're a Christopher Lee fan, it's worth seeing him in a very minor role in this. This is a, a scientist who deals with communications and monitoring communications, who picks up a signal um, that seem, you know, s some interesting signals going to outer space that correlate with some natural disasters. And I'll just leave it at that. It is an interesting movie. Ultimately, I think this movie kind of got um, panned by everybody, but it, it would be a neat conspiracy kind of thing to use in a game. If you're playing a modern game and you're looking for a plot for your characters to investigate, th this would be an interesting way to go. I, th I think this could make for a very interesting game if you took this idea, played with it a little bit, and then used it as a threat, an ongoing threat. It, it would be kind of cool. The next one I watched, The Werewolf Reborn, just isn't good. It's a, I, th I think it's a full moon feature. It's only like an hour long. It's a 1998 movie. It, it's a pass. Uh, but 1955's The Beast with a Million Eyes. This one I actually do recommend. Check it out. Um, the Beast with a Million Eyes is interesting. It's a really, really, really early Roger Corman movie. And it's so low budget. The acting is like high school play level acting, maybe not even that good. And the special effects are laughable. I mean, really, really laugh. I mean, this thing was made for like 20 grand, if that, right? I, I mean, seriously, there's like no money in this movie at all. But the, the plot of this movie, and I'm not ruining it because they do a voiceover and tell you the plot of the movie before the opening credits. <laughs> I think they didn't trust audiences to understand what's happening, so they they give the whole plot away in the before the opening credits. They just have voiceover tell you, an alien shows up, and this alien doesn't have a body of its own. It just possesses 
the bodies of other creatures and controls them. It controls creatures with weak minds, and it feeds off the fear of creatures. And it can control multiple creatures at once. But it has one body as like its host body, and then it can mind control many creatures and see through its eyes. That's why the million eyes in the title. And so it's come to Earth to feel it out to see if its race wants to invade or its species wants to invade Earth. And and so it starts taking over like animals and and humans without a lot of willpower, stuff like that, right? And um, it, it's an interesting concept. It It's so laughable the way it's done in the movie. Again, this is so bad, it's good. Definitely on that category, it's worth watching for that reason. But the idea of an alien showing up and slowly mind-controlling lower mammals and then, you, you know, maybe... In a D and D world, right? You're like like maybe goblins or something, or, or kobolds or or something is, is interesting, and and really scary. And you, you know, yeah, this is an alien, and obviously, if we're gonna play the way they played back in the day, that's not a problem, because in in the in you know original D and D and TSR D and D, you had sci fi mixed with fantasy as it should be. You know, but if you're going to play revisionist D&D and not have sci-fi mixed in, then you could have this maybe be a demon. Um, the, I guess the negative of doing a demon instead of an, an alien is with the alien, pretty much you have to find the host body and kill it, right? And, and hope it doesn't and hope it isn't hopped to another body. But with a demon, it's going to take a much higher power party probably to banish or kill that demon where the alien doesn't really have any special... You know, it doesn't take a magical weapon to hit an alien that's in a, you know, a possessed body. Where a demon is going to be a lot harder for a lower party to kill. So that's that's another reason I'd maybe use an alien in here. Or figure out something else with a demon, a special way the party could banish it. But it's an interesting idea that's very gameable. Very interesting. Um, and, and maybe you do a, you, you know, just save versus mind control is all you do. So like a charm person spell. Maybe a weak charm person spell is what this creature would have. Like a charm person minus two would, would be how you do it. Something like that. If it was like trying to take over a party member. Or maybe the party members just aren't dealt with, aren't affected by it because they're too strong-willed. But, you know, other people could be potentially. And then just having the animals, you know, their horses come against them. And if they have war dogs, those war dogs coming against them, all that would be really interesting. Neon Maniacs from 1986. This is an amazing movie. It's on YouTube. It's on Tubi. Check it out. Um, I I just watched the trailer. It, it's great. It's it, it. This is one of those '80s movies like Monster Squad. Um, it it's just a, a crazy '80s movie. Well worth checking out. Um, yeah, the Neon Maniacs are these crazy mutated killers that live in the Golden Gate Bridge, and they go out and kill in the San Francisco area. And the only people that have seen them and really accept their existence are these high school kids. And of course, none of the authorities believe them, so the high school kids have to deal with it. And, and that's that's the setup for the movie. And it's it's actually a very enjoyable movie. It's it's kind of gonzo, but it but it's pretty cool. All the neon maniacs, there's twelve or thirteen of them, depending. Really, there are thirteen of them, and even though they say there's twelve in the marketing, and they, they're each very unique, distinctive. So, you know, I don't know that you'd really adapt this to a D&D game, but any kind of modern game you could easily adapt this into. It'd be, it'd be a hoot. The Curse of Crom, The Legend of Halloween 2022. Yeah, this is supposed to be a kid's movie. It's supposed to be the next, like, Monster Squad or something. 
the pacing's horrible. It's very slow. It's not scary. It's not not very good. It, it does draw on some older mythology, you, you know, which is interesting. Older mythology about Halloween and the origins of Halloween, and and tries to draw on like some some Irish mythology that kind of thing, which is interesting. But it's just not good. It's it's not really worth your time. Uh, the next two are by Lucio Fulci, and you know the the um, Wizard of Gore, not the Wizard of Gore. That's um, Herschel Gordon Lewis. Uh, well, but but Fulci was also called the um, something Gore, and Fulci's an Italian director made a lot of movies of of a lot of different genres, but he's best known for his his horror movies, and Conquest and Demona. I'll talk about Conquest first, 1983. This is a sword and sorcery movie. And it's also, because it's full tree, it's a horror movie. Why is it a sword and sorcery movie? You have, you have can't, let's go down the list. Scantily clad uh, male protagonists, check. Scantily clad women, check. Evil sorceress, use topless, check. Werewolf henchmen, check. Um, the, the, Energy bow from the Dungeons Dragons cartoon before the cartoon came out. Check a, a pair of stone or maybe bone nunchucks. Check. I mean, this movie's great. Oh, by the way, instead of set in a desert somewhere, this is basically set in Quest for Fire or one of those caveman movies. <laughs> so it, it's a before civilization movie. You, the people are super duper 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 primitive. The evil sorcerer shows up every morning with her werewolf henchmen, and 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 you have all the cave people in the land out there. And she's like, "If you don't worship me and let my werewolf henchmen eat your daughters, then I will not bring the sun out the next day." And then she chants something for the sunrise. <laughs> it's great. Um, but yeah, so the technology is Stone Age technology in here, except of course for the one hero who comes from another land that's more advanced. But yeah, so it, it's it's sword and sorcery meets Quest for Fire meets um, Fulci. Why is it a horror movie? Well, because it's a Fulci movie, and this came out after some of his other more famous horror movies. Yeah, you know, Fulci, as you probably know, has done the the Gates of Hell series, City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, The House in the Cemetery. He's also really famous for Zombie, where we get hit the amazing sequence of a zombie fighting a shark underwater, right? Um, and because it's Fultry, they wanted that. So we get zombies in here. We get gory effects in here. You know the thing that happens in Bone Tomahawk that everybody was amazed at near the end of the movie? They're like, oh my God, I've never seen that before. Well, Fultry does that in this movie. In fact, Fultry does it in the next movie. I'm going to talk about too. So, you know, it, <laughs> that affects nothing new. Um, Fultry's been doing it for decades. So anyway, Conquest is people badmouth this movie back and forth, but it's very much a sword and sorcery movie. Yes, it's Italian. Yes, it's dubbed. Yes, some of the prints of it are kind of dark, is, is in lighting, but it, it's a wacky, crazy movie. But if you, you have a low tolerance for gore, then then skip Conquest, seriously. Demona, uh, the word demon with AI after, it's a 1990 Fulci movie. It's, he's on his decline here. It's not as good. The last half hour, things ramp up. But up the last half out, so there, there are a couple killings earlier on, but not they're not very good. But the last half hour of the movie, like Demona, maybe you just start half an hour in. 
I'm sorry, just watch the last half hour of the movie. And if you if you've timed it right, they're on like a fishing boat, and they're detectives and police talking on a fishing boat. That that's where you pick up, and you don't really need to know the plot. You're just watching for the kills anyway. And that kill I talked about that Bone Tomahawk copies, that's in the last half hour. There's some other crazy kills in the last half hour. So he's still kind of got it, but the pacing is all off on this movie. The soundtrack's all off on this movie. Uh, Mutant Hunt, 1987, another low budget, probably a full moon movie. Um, hard to recommend Mutant Hunt. <laughs> I, I watched the new Halloween trilogy, 2018 Halloween, 2021 Halloween Kills, and 2022 Halloween Ends, the one that came out this year. What do I have to say about these? Eh, you know, 2018 Halloween's okay. Halloween Ends is okay. Halloween Kills, I know they're trying to do something different. They're trying to talk about mob mentality, but I, yeah, I didn't like it. And Halloween Ends, I, it's ultimately in the end, it's unsatisfying they try to do something very different with Halloween Ends, and so that's why it's so divisive. I applaud them on trying to do something different, but they they, they really didn't succeed, unfortunately. They made a couple errors in the way they, they, they performed it. It just doesn't work out. What does work in all these movies is Jamie Lee Curtis. She's great in all these movies. In the, in the first one, she's more like, you know, because these movies pick up after the original... Halloween movie. So they pretend the 1978 movie happened and then these movies happened. So you have 40 year blank in there. Well, of course, in those 40 years, what does Jamie Lee Curtis do? Well, she does the Sarah Connor thing. And, you know, so in 20, in 2018 Halloween, she's Sarah Connor, but they kind of back off on that a little bit. It, she mellows throughout the series, but in Halloween ends, she, she just has some great parts in there. And, and, it's inter- It's an interesting movie. Halloween Ends is an interesting movie. It's ultimately a failure, but it's a it's an interesting attempt. We watched some, or I watched some Santo movies. Uh, we, my wife and I, watched the first five episodes of Millennium. I'll talk about them here in a minute. Let me talk about Santo first. So Santo is a luchador, right? And and the these luchador movies were made in Mexico, and and effectively they they were like superhero movies. And Santo is basically like Batman, the 66 Batman, where, you know, he's super smart and he's super influential and, he, and the, you know, he's he's not a policeman, but the police, if he orders the police around or does, tells the police to do something, they, of course, do it and they come to him for help. And, you, you know, so he's like working hand in hand with the police on these kind of things. And, and these are kind of made for kids. So I watched 1968 Santo in the Treasure Dracula. Now, I, wa- I went ahead and, and I cheated and I watched the dub versions. The dub version of this one is the sexy version. It's a European cut where it's got some exposed breasts in it. Uh, it this one's interesting. So, and th- this, I don't, I'm not ruining anything here because these are, you know, effectively kids' movies and, and they're not great. Um, but so, so in Sano and the Treasure Dracula, I'm not going to go deep plot here at all, but Sano invents a time machine. In, in the method of time travel, which is important because we've talked a lot about time travel, the method of time travel is that you go and inhabit the body of your ancestor and you, you, you're not necessarily in charge of their body. You don't get to change their decisions, but you get to, to lit, you know, see through their eyes what's happening and then you can come back to the present and report it. So all it is is almost like a, a mirror 
where you, where you go inhabit them and do that. Now, I think it's more interesting if you inhabit the body of your ancestor and, and get to actively control that body, like what we see in the Trancers series. But anyway, in, in this one, eh, it, it's okay. It, it's funny. Well, I don't know. It, you either like Santa movies or you don't. But I watched that one. I watched Santa and the Blue Demon versus Dr. Frankenstein in the 1974 movie. Um, in this, of course, Dr. Frankenstein, you know, is, this is actually his grandson, I think. But he's found a way to have immortality. And and so Santa, Blue Demon is another luchador that teams up with Santa. And But it's funny here because I don't know if this predates. I don't know when Mr. Freeze in the Batman mythology, when they came up with the idea of his wife being frozen because of the illness and he, and him looking for the cure to illness. But Dr. Frankenstein's wife is frozen in suspended animation here by him until he can, you know, bring her back to life because she has brain cancer. So that's interesting that, that this has that same kind of thing for Dr. Frankenstein. But he's very definitely a bad guy in this. There's no sympathy for Dr. Frankenstein in this one. And then the last Santo movie I watched was 73's Santo and Blue Demon versus Dracula and the Wolfman. Um, <laughs> this is a, I don't know, there, there's nothing really useful gaming-wise out of this. It's just a silly monster mash movie where you get, you know, Dracula and the Wolfman. And, and the problem with Santo and the Blue Demon versus Dracula and the Wolfman is there's some very definite... Um, I, I don't know that it's anti-Semitic, but the author, but the writers definitely took and play very loosely with a lot of things with Jewish mythology in here. Um, so it's kind of a negative from that point of view. So just be aware of that going into this one. Okay. we Like I said, we watched the first five episodes of Millennium, the 1996 Fox show done by Chris Carter after the X-Files, you know, after he hit it big with the X-Files. He made Millennium. This has Lance Hendrickson, who everybody knows from well, a bunch of movies, right? From Aliens. He's the, you know, he's the android in Aliens. He is the dad in Pumpkinhead. He is, he's in Terminator. He's one of the cops in Terminator. I mean, just pull up a picture. You'll know who Lance Hendrickson is. He's in so many things, but he's the, you know, your, your lead guy, Frank, Frank Black, He's a retired profiler. You know, he used to work with FBI. He used to work Seattle PD. And then he had, you know, he left the FBI. And now he's working with a consulting group, the Millennium Group. And he's solving different murders. But Frank is kind of psychic. He, and he tries to play it off that he's not psychic. But they show him seeing visions of seeing what the killer sees or feeling kind of what the killer feels. And they're doing all the, and there's, all kinds of different cases that the Millennium Group's investigating. And and things are going to happen later on, of course. And Frank's got a wife and a daughter, and you know that's not going to turn out well. Um, but I'm watching this with my wife, so I can't binge it. We're watching just, you know, an episode or two episodes a night, every few nights or whatever. We have 63 episodes to go, so we have a long time to, to get through this. I've got the complete set on DVD. You can't get this on streaming anywhere. Right now it's off the market. But... Don't call in and talk about the second, third seasons, please. I don't I don't want to hear. I, I want to just enjoy the show with my wife. But at the moment, the setup at the moment for Millennium, the, at the beginning of Millennium, would be very good for a, a Delta Green style game or some kind of game, modern day game, 
where your characters are called by an organization said, hey, we need your special skills to go investigate this, you know, this crime in the city. And and which is really the setup for Blacklight, the ICRPG version of Delta Green is ICRPG Blacklight, which you can get on Drive-Thru RPG. And, and Millennium would be a great place for GMs to go to watch, to get ideas for plots, for different things for that. Um, again, don't don't call me on spoilers of Millennium. I, I'd really appreciate it if you don't do that. Uh, the last one is that I saw was A Living Ghost, 1942. Not a, a whole lot to say here. Um, it's not really a ghost. It, it touches more again on the zombie thing. Um, and But, you know, this mixes comedy with... Uh, a murder invest well it ends up being a missing person investigation where they find the person but effectively they're a zombie which is kind of interesting um but that that's all i have to say i think on movies and i will wrap up the show here i don't want to keep you too long i will be back on saturday with a special two for one or two in one osr saturday special for osr october be last OSR October episode I do this year. And then on Sunday, I'll be back with System Sunday. And then Monday, October 31st, will be the award show for the contest. Next month, I definitely will cut back my the amount of podcasts I'm putting out. I'll probably put out uh, System Sunday and then an episode on Wednesday and probably just do those two episodes a week going forward and, and, you know, until there's a reason to do something different. Anyhow, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. If you have any comments for me, you can reach out to me in all the contact infos down in the show notes. So reach out to me. I love to hear from my listeners. I'll play your calls on the air, make you famous. Thank you to Rayos for the coffee cup clip art. Thank you to TJ Drenner for the music. And like I say, there'll be some minor spoilers. Well, not minor. There'll be some spoilers for some of these movies after the ending song. Be excellent to each other. Joking by your spouse, but the operator screaming it's coming from inside the house. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head, and the only question left is if I could see him dead. Bring on the gold, bring on the gold. There is a dustman in your moil's body zipper And I'm assuming that's your partner back there in the wood shipper Don't look away Okay, some real quick spoiler talk here. So, I Drink Your Blood, the one with the Manson family like Colt. <laughs> so, one of the reasons this is such a crazy movie is 
that, you, you know, so they come into town and they get this local girl and they abuse her in all kinds of ways and then send her back home. And her grandfather, little brother, find out and grandfather tells them to stay here. And grandfather takes a shotgun. He goes back to the to the house. And, of course, they easily disarm him and they, they get him high. They rough him up and get him high on LSD and send him back to the house. And, and the boy decides I'm going to get these guys. So effectively you have home alone versus the Manson family. So what the little boy does is he shoots this rabid dog and harvests the blood. And he's, he knows this late, the lady who has a local bakery in town and that's where the cult's been coming to get food. So he goes down, you know, to help her and he injects the the blood from the rabid dog into these meat pies that are given to the hippies, to the, to the cultists to give them all rabies you know, his payback for what they did to his sister and his grandfather, which which actually is, you know, not a horrible plan, I guess, except for the fact that, well, you know, when they become rabid, they don't die right away. And so obviously you can tell where the movies can go, go from there. And it's, it's pretty crazy. So that, um, including playing up the fear of water for people with rabies. So it's, it's an interesting movie. Um, that's, I drink your blood. What other spoilers? Garden of the Dead. <laughs> Garden of the Dead. I just watch it. It's like I say, you have formaldehyde zombies. The zombies go, you know, they've got this formaldehyde operation making formaldehyde at the prison farm. And um and, and the zombies end up being addicted to formaldehyde, just like the prisoners before they died were addicted to this formaldehyde. They'd like sneak off and huff the formaldehyde. <laughs> But they're fast-moving zombies, and, and, and they're actually pretty hard to kill. They're, it's pretty interesting. They'd be a pretty crazy version of zombie to bring into your game. The End of the World, I, I think this would be great for a conspiracy game. Ugh, excuse me. Where the um, you have the, the aliens show up, and they're causing natural disasters and things happen. And like I say, the communications come from Earth into outer out to outer space. And the communication guy and his wife track down where they come to this little monastery and that's where Christopher Lee is and all, but it ends up that Christopher Lee and, and all the nuns there are really aliens and they're, you know, they've decided that they have to destroy earth and cause earth is too dangerous to leave around. And, um, then at the end, the scientist's wife, you know, they invite them to come with them to, to come back to their planet as the sole survivors of earth, which of course they do. Um, because, I mean, what else? Are you going to stay on Earth and, and just be killed? And um, Which is interesting. So, I don't know. Maybe that's the way. If the PCs really fumble the mission, maybe you give them that option at the end of the adventure. Um, Neon Maniacs. I'm not going to ruin that movie. Go watch that movie. The, the, the way to kill the Neon Maniacs is crazy. The kills are okay. There's just some weird things in that movie. There's also this... A lady who's supposed to be playing a 14-year-old. She's obviously not 14 years old. But she's got a, a Nostromo hat that she wears sideways on her head. She's like into film and into horror culture. And um, so when she sees the, the neon, or neon maniacs, she's thinking vampires or something. So she's running around with garlic around her neck and stuff. And But she's like doing the whole Nancy Drew thing, like doing the investigation. Almost like the Frog Brothers and um, Lost Boys. I mean, it's There's a Battle of the Bands at the end of the movie and then the neon maniacs invade the battle of the bands and it, it's crazy. Um, 
what other movies are worth saying something else about. That's probably about it. Um, oh, Demona. So Demona and Conquest, I'm talking about these Fulcher movies. Obviously the move I'm talking about from Bone Tomahawk. Remember, you can turn this off at any time. The the move I'm talking about, Bone Hot Tomahawk, was where the guy, you know, they grab his legs and, and pull him apart, right? Slip him down the middle. Well, they do that in both these movies, right? In Conquest, the werewolves, you know, they're they're going out and eating the local villagers and, and they grab this lady and rip her apart that way. And then in Demona, they've got this boot this guy gets captured and, and he's set up in this booby trap thing and, and they have it set up where his kid it actually runs and trips the booby trap and, and rips his dad apart in front of him, which is pretty grotesque. Um so yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. But uh, all in all, there are some neat things you can pull for your games from these movies. And, and they're definitely worth, some of them are worth checking out. Some of them are not worth checking out. But what have you guys been watching for Scary Movie Month? I know I'm asking the spoiler section, but, you know, call, let me know. And I will talk to you guys next time. Take care.